Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You have chosen wisely. Put aside logic. Do what feels right. I have a plan. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. What's up, guys? Patrick here, and welcome back to the Comic Rack. Alright, this time on the Spinner Rack, we got some reviews to go over. I pick one of the Independents, one of Marvel, and one of DC, if I can find a DC book that I read that's out there. I have three books for you guys this time. We are looking at Nottingham, Nonstop Spider-Man, and also Joker number one. Alright, so we will check out Nottingham first, because that book was uh, really great. And it's actually uh, up on the... Uh, the top 10 boards because the book is uh, well sought after and obviously never ordered enough quantity. They actually have a second print of number one coming out, which is awesome. So we have writer David Hazan, artist Shane Connery Volk, colorist Luca Romano, and letterer Jometa Gill. We open up on a few scenes of a murder. We have a guy wearing a mask running around and saying, England is sick and we are the cure. Stake for the rich and give to the poor. We keep flipping as they kill more people. Uh, we keep flipping the pages as they kill more people. And then, like I said, this is Nottingham. The sheriff from Nottingham is trying to interview and trying to find out what's going on. This is about Robin Hood and the Merry Men. So, uh, finally, we see the sheriff of Nottingham. The horse-drawn carriage that he rides up on and the rider are filled with arrows. The sheriff and the guards blame Hood and his merry men. They notice only one set of tracks, they, that, and they lead to Manor Fitzwalter. As the sheriff inspects the, uh, the scene a little more, he notices some red hair on the body. When they get to the manor, you can tell that the Lady Marin and the sheriff Blackthorn don't like each other. They talk about the problem of Hood and his merry men. Later then, the guards are knocking on every door and beating all the red-headed men and asking them where, what is their profession. The batter men all say other jobs than driver. The last house has a crazed woman calling Sheriff Everard Blackthorn a murderer. As the guards are searching the house, they find the merry men mask and they start questioning the old lady whose is it. Then they hear a noise from the roof and then that leads to a foot chase down a street where the sheriff betters the red-headed guy and catches up to him. The next scene is in a dungeon of sorts where they are negotiating um, with the criminal. He mutters a saying from the beginning of the book um, that says, uh, England is sick and we are the cure. Stake for the rich and give to the poor. Right, so the next scene, we're back at the manor and Robin talks to Lady Marin and is wearing one of those masks. They plan to get rid of the loose end, which is Will Scarlet, the prisoner that the sheriff has. So Lady Marin and Robin, and to be Lady Marin and Robin are to be married once King Richard returns. So Robin cuts through the guards and kills Will in the book. Um, number two is going to be great. This is like I said, just a quick review. The book is really good. 
The art is pretty good for being an indie book. You know, you don't have these super top star artists doing these books. But like I said, the art's good. It is very bloody, very gruesome. Definitely don't want your kids to be uh, reading this book. Um, uh, I just, like I said, I, I really like the story. It's pretty cool. Um, so I want to find out what's going on with Robin Hood and the Merry Men and what's going on with, you know, like... The King Richard, obviously, if you know this backstory, I'm just saying, like, in this book, I'm, I am I can't wait to read more. It looks great. Uh, number two will obviously be out soon. Number one already has a second print coming. So uh, be on the lookout for Nottingham number two soon. And uh, we're going to switch over now to Marvel's book. Non-stop Spider-Man. Writer is Joe Kelly. Pencils is Chris Blancalo. Inks, Tim Townsend. Colors, Marcio Menez. Letters, VCs, Travis, Lanham. Um, all right, so right away I can tell you it was nonstop. It actually lost me a few times. Um, all right, so opening scene is Spidey jumping out of a window and webbing the broken glass so it doesn't hit the people down at the bottom of the, uh, the building. So everyone's getting hit by these web balls that have glass inside of them. Um, he webs cams and changes clothes while he's outside the building too. He uh, keeps talking about what he saw in the room that he was just in. Uh, expensive clone, expensive SUV downstairs, and that he just missed them. I'm guessing the guys who uh, crashed through the room. So the car looks like a Cadillac Escalade, and uh, he lands right on the top. But the, he notices that the truck has been reinforced. Um, as he notices the truck is being reinforced, a group of guys jump out and have all these like fancy suits on, like they all look like, um, do you watch G.I. Joe one with uh, uh, that funny Marlon Wayans and stuff? They, they look like suits like that. Um, so they jump out and uh, look like with their knockoff Ant-Man helmets. And uh, Spidey actually has a tough time beating these guys and they don't even have superpowers. Uh, the thugs keep saying they're uh, smart and rich. We are smart. We are rich. And they're beating up Spidey. Uh, Spidey gets a call while he's fighting these guys. Or these people, sorry. And it, uh, it's his friend from college. She took a drug called A+, and now she feels like she's starting to overdose. Uh, there's a flashback scene where Spidey's hanging out with the girl at a wake. And it, the wake is for their buddy Austin, who also took this drug and overdosed. They said uh, Austin is a smart, clean kid. didn't really make sense that he had some kind of drugs problems. And, um, and that's why he died. Uh, Spider-Man crashes through another window and into a library. He finally knocks one of the pursuers out and smashes them into a ceiling and then crashes them to the floor. So finally, actually, finally gets an upper hand. Spidey actually finally gets an upper hand on these guys. And now we're in this library where he's trying to, like, beat these people up and get to the library to get to his friend who said she just took this drug. Um, backup, uh, arrives for these, uh, vectors, I think they're calling themselves. So, um, Spidey does a tracking beacon on the truck as these people run, and he runs to find his friend Kel with, uh, his modified Narcan. After he Narcans the girl, um, the girl doesn't remember who Spider-Man is, not even her own name. Um, so, book two is actually coming out soon. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of this book, like I said, um, in my, um, I think it was a final order cutoff I was in. 
uh, like I said, the book literally was nonstop. It was just something every time. There wasn't any time to catch up. No time for like dialogue. It was just boom, nothing, boom, something, boom, this, boom, that. So, uh, it was a lot. Um, maybe this nonstop action was just a little too much. Maybe it's because I read it before I went right to bed. Uh, so the story is about these rich, smart vectors that may be pushing a new drug on the college kids. It is potent and may wipe your mind if you get Narcan. Um, I, I also wrote in my notes, uh, this may be my last stop on nonstop. But uh, now I'll pick up two just because, you know, what, I'm going to give it another try. I like Spider-Man books. Um, I'm sure I've, re- I've read some Joe Kelly books. And let's just hope that, you know, it gets better from here. All right, the last book, this one's going to be kind of long. It is Joker, number one, from DC Comics. Writer is James Tinian. Artist is Gullion March. Colorist is Arif Priano. Letterist is Tom Nalapaniateno. Nanpalateno. Uh, all right, so it says, Prologue, Boogeyman. Jim Gordon is uh, sitting in the Abernathy's bar and remembering when he left Chicago for Gotham. As he's drinking at the bar, he uh, hears this guy ask him, Hey, are you old enough to have captured your boogeyman yet? So an old guy, wheezing through his breath and words, is named Danny Ryan. He's a detective for Chicago. Um, and he's uh, starting to speak about one of his cases. He said he found a guy who killed and was eating a face of a 17-year-old girl. When Danny trained his gun on this guy, the guy asked Danny if he actually wanted a piece and chucked it at him and actually hit him in the leg with a piece of this girl's face. That's It was... Yeah, it's gruesome. Uh, he tells Jim, when you see evil, you aim for the head. The girl eater got away from Dan, and he never caught up to the killer again. This is what you find out in the book. Um, Jim talks about how he sees devil every time he closes his eyes. And the devil, Jim's devil, is the Joker. All right, chapter one, call it a day. This time, uh, Jim is talking about a day. Uh, the day when gases went off and killed 500 patients, healthcare professionals, security guards, and there was inmates in there also at Arkham Asylum. It was an altered Joker toxin that made the infected smile, but they did not laugh, so it was easily spread and no one caught wind of it. Um, it was uh, rumored that Batman got there first, of course, and helped disperse the toxin, but you know Jim wasn't going to tell anybody. Uh, a lot of prisoners escaped, they said, and uh, some were presumed dead. Of course, presumed, and this is what the this is comic books. One of the most shocking deaths was Bane. Gordon hates seeing Bane's murals all over the town, but they have this big, beautiful painted uh, whoever did the art. I, I'll scroll up. Let's see who did the art. Um, Goldman March puts its awesome Bane mural on the side of a building. It looks amazing. That's pretty cool. Um, so uh, Gordon doubts his death, and the city coroner would not let Jim see the body. Again, comic books, I'm sure Bane will be back. Uh, Harvey Dent is, uh, resigns as the mayor, and a person named Nakano takes over. So Nakano says they saw the Joker leaving the asylum during his attack on the city last fall. Remember Joker's War? That was pretty good. Uh, so Nakano believes the Joker planted this toxin for future release at Arkham. Jim talks about retirement and how good people can be weak. And he's talking about how, like, some people make mistakes. And so he's on retirement. He doesn't want to do any of this stuff. 
Uh, one of his buddies asked him to become a private detective, and but he was just like, I don't feel like chasing around cheating spouses and stuff. Uh, Barbara tells her dad to close his eyes and just picture his future. But every time Jim closes his eyes, all he could picture is the Joker, and all he hears is laughter. Keeping his eyes open isn't much better, he says, as he's he's walking around. And he's seeing all these punks wearing a punchline outfit and Joker gear. So uh, some of these uh, clowns, these literally, literally clowns, they're all dressed up in clown makeup and stuff, are actually tormenting the citizens. And you see these two guys trying to rob a lady in the book. As Jim is walking by, and as he's walking by, he like breaks the dude's arm that has the purse. It's pretty cool. Uh, Jim is a bad A, even though he's an old man. Um, Jim says uh, what the Joker did to Barbara almost broke him. His son James struggled with his own demons, and the Joker twisted him and used him as a weapon against his own family. And James died eventually. Gordon stands at his son's grave with the crazed, multi-faced Joker standing over it, laughing at Gordon. Um, it's got like four or five different faces, a couple different arms, a couple different legs, and it's a huge picture of Joker standing on the gravesite. Um, but this is when a car pulls up and a pretty blonde girl gets out and like tells Gordon, get in. Uh, there's a big looking dude standing behind Gordon, kind of like forcing him like, you've got no choice. Um, she says it's time is the essence and she wants to talk about the Joker. So, uh, obviously, Jim gets in, and this is where Chapter 2, All the Glitters, Cressida, Cressida, sorry, Cressida is her name, and she introduces herself, but not much else, like, who owns the mansion, nothing, she's very vague, all she says is her name is Cressida, and you don't need to know the big guy's name, um, so Cressida shows Jim some pictures of Joker killing people on a private airplane in a private airfield. The uh, Joker has killed her family friends. Um, so Jim Gordon's like, all right, call the cops. But she's like, um, this stuff is not really on radar. So the airfield and the planes, flight plans and everything are off radar, and the government doesn't know, and Jim doubts Batman even knows. Then he drops the bomb. She wants Jim to kill the Joker. She promises him $25 million if she kills the Joker for retirement. And while he's on the job, credit card with no limit. Don't you wish she can have that? Um, she asks Jim a question after he tries to ask Cressida why him. She asks him, do you believe in evil? He has the end of the week to accept. Wouldn't it be a good comic book if he didn't accept? Um, so then we switch over. It says Belize. And you see... Jim tells them that he heard Dan committing suicide a few years ago after Jim took the commissioner job over here in Gotham. The crime scene had materials of a face-eating cannibal in an apartment. The, in, uh, in Dan's apartment, sorry. Um, the boogeyman must have taken his toll on Dan, and uh, Dan just ended himself, like I said in the beginning of the book. Um, then it flashes over to a bunch of dead bodies strewn out through a mansion, and a Joker's on the... Uh, patio and he's he's reading a newspaper and laughing and it says Joker's last laugh uh, about Arkham Asylum and he's right standing right in front of a woman and he blew away it's kind of crazy um, so um, Jim says every time he's locked up the Joker he thought it was for good but there never was a for good 
Each time he got a report of an escape at Arkham, there was more smiling dead people, and he could hear Detective Dan Ryan's voice. When you see evil, you aim for the head. Um, so, number two is actually going to be pretty good. There is also a backstory for Punchline, and that was actually pretty good. Um, Punchline back, backup story is, um, I, I believe, better than the Joker one, actually. Um, it talks about Punchline, who is uh, Alexis K., who pleads not guilty to her crimes, which astonishes all the people in the courtroom. Uh, she's in jail right now. So, uh, Punchline has the city on her side, though. There's a bunch of people uh, protesting outside for her and everything. And uh, witnesses of this job, um, her um, crimes, are all turning up dead. Gotham's finest prosecutors, Leslie Tompkins, and uh, the guy who's narrating this right now, took the case. And they are losing. All they have is fingerprints and records of her being at the crime scenes. Uh, and uh, Puncher went to Snyder College. As I was reading that, it says uh, she, she went to Snyder College. Um, so since she went there, they're uh, looking for a punchline mess up. And they want to look around the college. But obviously they can't go there because they'll be seen and known because they're on the case. So they're sending Bluebird. That's all it says. Send Bluebird. Um, it must be a superhero. I have no idea who Bluebird is. Meanwhile, at Blackgate Penitentiary, Punchline wakes up with a playing card tucked in her bunk. She uh, she yells over to her cellmate, "Hey, what is this?" And uh, the girl is like, uh, "That's uh, from the Queen of Spades. You don't want to cross her. The Queen of Spades pretty much runs this joint." Uh, the cellmate seems like uh, she's scared, and she says not to mess with her or the Royal Flush Gang. Will mess her up, mess up the uh, punchline. So punchline wastes no time. She storms out of her cell, goes a couple cells down, and gets in front of this uh, queen girl. This so the queen girl is like back up. She's like, I'm not intimidated by a manic pixie Arkham wannabe. Spades tells uh, punchline that she was just riding Joker's coattails, and she's just a small role girl. Spades also says that her royal bloodline is in every heist, hit, and job in town. Anyone who disrespects her authority is digging their own grave. Punchline goes, you ever wonder why they call me Punchline? And she winds up for a punch and just beats and living snot out of this girl. Um, so the three girls that are supposedly like um, the uh, Queen of Spades uh, henchmen are just standing there like, uh, what do we do? I'm not doing anything. So it's it's pretty funny that she says she's the bad A and that she gets destroyed. So much for this uh, Royal Flush Gang. Uh, so we flip over to the next page. And uh, a punk rock looking girl is telling her brother that she's got to leave town for a bit. And to, you know, not to destroy the house. And then we find out that she is Bluebird. She's getting ready to put on her outfit. And she's going to go do the investigation for Punchline. And she does not look happy about it. So uh, this Punchline stuff was written by Sam Johns and Dame James Tinian. Artist is Mirko Andolfo, which the art was great. Mirko is a great artist. Colors by Romolo Fajardo. Fajardo. I'm doing my best here. And letters, Ariana Mahar. Um, so those are my three. I am picking up um, Joker number two. I will be picking up nonstop Spider-Man number two, even though I don't really like the first one. And definitely picking up Nottingham number two and the second print of number one, because like I said, the the book was great. I enjoyed it. 
Um, so next week, next week on the reviews for Comic Rack, we are looking at Nightwing number 78, written by Tom Taylor. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be a new dog in there or something. I don't know. Didn't read it yet. Um, we are looking at Amazing Spider-Man King and Black from Marvel. I think it's a one-shot. And we are looking at The Bequest from Aftershock Comics, which is also a number one. So look for it next week, guys. And don't forget to keep looking on that spinner rack. All right, see you guys. That's all there is. There isn't any more. Reverting to name-calling suggests that you are defensive and therefore find my opinion valid. Hey, you want some good parental advice? Don't listen to me. Chalk up another victory for the human spirit. <laughs> that was awesome. I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening.